continue worshiping together today, receive these words of scripture from the gospel according to John chapter 11. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection, on the last day, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, 
The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, help us to believe more of what you say than what we hear around you. Remind us. Amen. So I told you I've been trying some things during this season of Lent to kind of keep me in a pattern of dedicating some time and space in this season of reflection. One of the things that I have decided to do or have been doing is limiting my time of news in the morning. I mean, I... You know, I'm kind of like one of those persons that turn on the news. It's in the background while I'm getting ready. So I'm sure some of y'all do. But here's what I noticed. That um, by the time the hour is over that I'm getting ready and I'm listening to the news, I'm already exhausted. Right? Emotionally, everything. I feel like I'm, oh, no, I got to go back to bed. 
I can't, I'm not gonna make this day. I mean, it's important for us to know the news. It's important to know what's happening. In fact, theologian Karl Barth said that a preacher should preach with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. But the amount of vitriol, the toxicity, the divisiveness, is enough to drain us. And then we gotta head into traffic like that. <laughs> Here's another thing I noticed. So I stopped doing that, you know, I limit my amount of news intake, but here's something that I noticed. Here's another way that I get news is this thing. So I noticed that, oh my gosh, I could sit in bed and start doing this. Oh, and I'll go into this rabbit hole of, of, of scrolling and doing things like, uh, uh, yeah, it's addictive. Although I have to say that I am kind of addicted to the guy that does the, uh, the dog voiceovers. Um, if you ever see him or find somebody who has um, the ability to show you some of it, they're, they're super cute and funny. So they kind of make my day. But I also noticed that when I do this, not only am I listening some, to some things, but I'm buying stuff that I don't need. And from ridiculous places that sell me things that swear they're large, but when I get them, they're like this small. And I'm like, who is wearing this? <laughs> I think that in some way, all of us are looking for life-giving spaces and places. We travel because it's life-giving. We go on you know, go search great restaurants because, I don't know, it's fun, right? It, it gives you a certain uh, um, a sense of adventure and, and you want to be around the things that bring you life, that fill your soul. You want to be around the people that bring you life and fill your soul. Because we know that the reverse is true. When you're not around the things that bring you life, it feels like you're in that tomb with Lazarus. I've been reading today or this week about dead zones in the ocean. Have you heard about this? So there, there's, there are dead zones in the ocean where there's limited amount of oxygen, right? So the amount of creatures that live there are smaller, but they also are um, super, super small or tiny, and you can't really, really see them. And not, not too many, not too much life lives in there, actually. To be, that's why they call them dead zone. But what's happened is that because normally a storm, right, or some kind of movement in the ocean will clean up the dead zone and create mobility and more oxygen to it. But as climate change happens, the ocean gets warmer, thus producing more dead zones. So there's an increase of dead zones. I thought about this when I was thinking about Jesus's ministry and particularly in this story where Jesus has to confront this dead zone. 
because there wasn't life to be found there, but because everything around him was pointing to the pain and the grief of death, which is, by the way, a normal thing in life. But we find Jesus being confronted with this thing. If you had been there, this would not have happened. Talk about somebody who had to deal with the pressure of being everywhere, every time, everything for everyone, all the time. That's some serious pressure and emotionally draining. One thing that I like about this scripture passage, it shows how human Jesus is. That he has to deal with his timeline and disgruntled people around him as they deal with their own grief and pain. Dead zones. There are dead zones that we walk into all the time. People dealing with some serious issues in their lives, serious pain in their lives, and the only thing that seems to come out of them is anger and vitriol and death. And yet we are called to be people who can speak life into these dead zones. Let me tell you something. I wonder how much life we actually do speak, or is it just rules? Well, Jesus had to practice how to develop this gift of seeing life in the midst of death. That's why sometimes he separated himself from other people, just like you do with the news. You kind of have to turn it off once in a while or put down the phone and find a place where you can energize your mind and your body and your spirit with the things that give you life before you enter into spaces where there are death and words of death around you. So Jesus learned how to do this early in the morning before the sun would come up. Oftentimes his disciples would find him either up on a hill or in the belly of a boat, sleeping through a storm or walking in the middle of a dark storm. Jesus found ways to discover what life meant and what the words of life meant in the midst of darkness and so gives us a way to discover that too. Now, resilience is something we talked about this morning with the kids. How how do we raise healthy and resilient children? Just thinking about that, you know, it's like over the last five years, through pandemic, right? The word resilient has been popular. Books, courses, 
retreats. I don't know how many spiritual academies I've been on that, that, that cover the word resilience or have the word resilience in it. It's an important thing. But then I remembered this week I was reminded because I went to um, a meeting with some other community organizers from Florida and Texas, particularly around immigrant communities because they're about to pass this week, actually, tomorrow they vote in Florida and in uh, Texas. They are uh, passing laws that make it a felony for a clergy person to minister to an immigrant in your pews. It's not, a, not, not just a fine. It's the first time that it's actually a criminal offense. If I take an immigrant family to the hospital, I have to, I'm obligated to report that person or I go to jail. This is happening in Florida, it's happening in Texas, and they're thinking about passing it in Alabama, so it's just gonna come up. Thank God today, the church is not silent. Today at 5 o'clock, 2,500 congregations in the state of Florida are marching themselves up to Tallahassee to let them know this is not of God. But I thought, hmm, so who teaches immigrants to be resilient? It almost feels like it's a luxury to say, I'm going to learn how to be resilient. When immigrants are saying, mm, baby, that's the bread I eat every day. When immigrant communities are saying, I, when I wake up in the morning and I believe and I gather my family once again from that tent that I have at the border and I gather my family and I walk myself up to the border hoping somebody will listen to my asylum story, that is resilience. When I gather myself up and believe more in this country than sometimes we believe, that's resilience. Who teaches them that? I think that some of us need to remember what Antonio Machado said. Caminante no hay camino, se hace el camino al andar. Sojourner, there is no road. We make the road by walking. There's no course that teaches you how to make the road. Just walk. Just live. Just speak words of life. So Jesus had developed the practice of seeing life in the midst of the tomb, of seeing life in the midst of the smell. Martha and Mary had said, Lord, um, you know, it smells now. Don't, don't move the tomb. It smells because all they could see around them was death. All they could see around them was pain. But Jesus had learned how to see life in the midst of all of that. And you and I, after a couple weeks, we're going to be called Easter people again. 
And I've got something to tell you. Easter did not begin in the light of day. It started in the dark of a tomb. And so you and I, learning how to speak life into the cold tomb, we find a way, even in the midst of darkness, to do the things that we think we cannot do. So maybe, like Lazarus, you need to hear the words of life again. Because I think that we get used to hearing the words of death way quicker than we do the words of life. So what are the words that are coming out of your heart and your mind today, this week? Maybe we're going to try this, the band again. But this way, we're going to do it this one, this way. Instead of all at once, I want you to be bold and brave. The liturgical police will not come and arrest you. The walls will not fall down. I guarantee you. Well, if they do, that's probably a good thing. But I wonder if you would be as brave and bold. Because see here, we, if we can't speak life to each other, where are we going to find it? If we can't surround each other with life and words that bring us back to life, where are we going to go? I need your words of life. You need my words of life. We need each other's words of life because there's a whole lot of death around us. So, be bold and stand up and speak the words in your band. Even those of you who have that band that says, I think it says, be brave, be badass. Yeah. You can do it. It's okay. I think Jesus, I think Jesus said that. It's John chapter. No. Uh, <laughs> so here's what I want you to know at once. Just whenever you feel like popcorn, let's speak those words to each other. Ready? Whenever you're ready. Don't quit your daydream. Don't quit your daydream. Amen. Never stop learning. Amen. One day all the hard work will feel. Yes. Let your light shine. Amen. Yes. Life is what you make of it. Yes. And you deserve love and you can get. Amen. Be your own hero. Be your own hero. Amen. All right, up in the rafters, yes. Believe in yourself and you'll be unstoppable. Amen. Yes, over here. Amen. Oh, when somebody need to hear that twice. <laughs> <laughs>